How we doing, traders? Welcome to the SPACs Attack. We have a great show. We got an interview for you today. We're going to talk about a new pattern that we're looking in the SPAC industry. So stay tuned, hit the like button, and let's get the show started. Welcome traders. Welcome to the SPACs attack. Welcome back. I hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. I'm going to bring on my man, the brains to the show, Chris Ketchy in a second. But definitely guys, do us a favor, hit the subscribe below. In a second, we'll be talking about our Tesla giveaway. So if you want a free share of Tesla, definitely stick around for the giveaway. We'll go ahead and give you access to it through our Gleam. But of course, guys, let's get the show started. Let's bring on my brains, Chris Ketchy. Hey, you already know what's going on, brother. I, I hope you had a good long uh, holiday weekend, too. I did see the stream that you did yesterday and also, of course, paying honor to what Memorial Day is all about. So shout out to you doing that stream yesterday. Um, but yeah, uh, we got we got a jam packed show today. So I'm super excited. I'm ready to get into it. I'm over here keeping an eye out on some positions because I'm looking to get into some. So as I get into them, I will let you guys know out there. We know how we try to be transparent with our positioning, especially when it comes to SPACs. On a lot of the ones I did sell out today, um, so taking some profits, just want to give that a heads up. We'll get a little bit deeper into it after the interview. But for right now, let's get into our headlines and Take us back, Chris. Take us to the back. All right, guys. Yeah, so exciting show today. We do have an interview coming up later. We've also got a huge June calendar of vote dates to talk about. So we'll try to get through headlines here fairly quickly. But up first, we have SoFi. Of course, that merger completed last week. Now trading as ticker SOFI, new ticker and new exchange today. Last I saw, shares were around $21. Um, but keep an eye on this one. We'll talk the patterns a little bit later today as well. We did get an update on TPGY and their merger vote with EV Box. Remember, this is the one that I said where the company said that the deal may not get completed at all or it may need to be renegotiated. So the update is that they extended the vote date to August 6th. The transaction is pending that audit of EV boxes deliveries um, in 2020, and TPGY has the right to terminate or renegotiate the agreement. So keep an eye out, TPGY, that merger with EV box. We have FPIV setting a vote date of June 22nd for Perella Weinberg. The merger STIC was approved. We'll trade as BARK. Now, we do have shares of STIC falling today, and this one's going to be a little different than the pattern we're going to talk about because shares were trading um, higher last week on that merger vote and then also the approval. But we did get some uh, negative news out from BarkBox over the weekend. So uh, there was a dog that passed away um, where the owner of the dog is saying that it was due to some chew sticks located in the BarkBox uh, subscription box. So BarkBox issued a uh, statement. They said they were made aware of the tragedy. Uh, they talked to the dog owner's parent. And, and then now they're also issuing a uh, notice to anyone who received uh, that same shipment. Um, and they're investigating Uh, So this is a negative, right, Uh, especially around the time of this merger vote going through. Um, You know, they're not they're not taking fault or blame at all, but they are issuing, you know, a warning and caution uh, around that subscription box. So keep an eye out on STIC to see uh, how much damage that does today. Then we have BSPE, Bespoke Capital Acquisition, completing their merger with Vintage Wine Estates. We, of course, had the executives from Vintage Wine Estates and Bespoke on SPAC's attack not too long ago. This is a you know going to be a wine peer play company going forward. So this is one that's getting lots of attention recently. Uh, we'll try to talk about that one at some point later today, too. Then we have Rivian, uh, you know, the large 
electric vehicle startup announcing plans to go public via an IPO. Valuation rumored at $70 billion. Company last valued at $27.6 billion in January. Uh, of course, traders are circulating the valuation of Rivian compared to a, um, you know, a Lucid Motors. Um, so, you know, interesting uh, note there that we may see uh, CCIV shares. It looks like they are up today on that news out there. And then we do have one deal. This was a rather strange one as it was announced after four o'clock on Friday, heading into a holiday weekend. We have Voso, V-O-S-O, that's Virtuoso Acquisition Corp, announcing a deal with Wejo, a global leader in connected vehicle data. So Wejo valued at $800 million. They use connected vehicle data to revolutionize the way people live, work, and travel. Uh, This transaction includes investments from Palantir and General Motors. And they said that proceeds will help it accelerate expansion of markets across traffic management, advertising, fleet management, insurance, remote diagnostics, car sharing and rental, roadside assistance, payments, and software as a service solutions. So every day they collect 14.6 billion data points and analyze 66 million journeys. So large data. They also have engagement with 17 original uh, manufacturers and tier one customers. Um, a supply base of 50 million plus connection ready vehicles. Um, so this is a play, you know, on the connected car going forward, right? So revenue of 4.3 million projected for 2021, 23 million projected for 2022, and, and they see a $500 billion addressable market. Um, so again, this is a rather large one and it is backed by General Motors and Palantir. So keep an eye out, VOSO. This one, as I said, was announced Friday. So it did not get a lot of play this holiday weekend, but I would expect more news this week. That's what I've got, Mitch. And then I know we want to dive a little into our June calendar. Um, It is really shaping up uh, to be quite the June event with lots of merger vote dates upcoming this week and the rest of the month. Yeah, definitely. That's something that we're definitely going to keep a watch out for. Um, One of the things that we've been looking at is a potential for the merger votes to really start changing the patterns that we've seen in SPACs. One of the patterns that we've been looking for and does continue to see the change is after merger or even on announcement of the merger vote date. Do we start seeing kind of an upswing versus a downswing before we used to have after the merger kind of a downward turn after we, you know, kind of a lot of investors start trying to play that kind of valuation game. And that's what we call the fifth wave. Now, one of the things that we're going to start seeing is do we start seeing these kind of D SPACs making these big lifts up? One of the ones that we're going to keep a watch out, of course, is SoFi. SoFi has been following this pattern, um, but there's a couple more votes coming up this week, right, Chris? Yeah, that's right. So on our uh, calendar this week, we have JIH voting on their merger with Janus International on the 3rd. We also have TSIA voting on their merger with Latch on the 3rd. And then we have GIX voting on their merger with UpHealth and CloudBreak on the 4th. So, you know, interesting to note, JIH shares currently trading at 1326. You know, it's been a fairly strong performer, um, you know, compared to a lot of these other SPACs trading around that $10 level. TSIA, that that merger with Latch, uh, we're trading at 1058 right now, and then GIX uh, at 902. So, you know, Mitch, I know we had um, Latch on not too long ago, and that was one that kind of interested me. It, it's a play on, you know, smart locks, uh, you know, connectivity for, you know, rental properties and commercial buildings, which I think, you know, it's it's a software as a service, right? They're selling a subscription model um, to these customers. So I, I like that one. Uh, GIX, you know, a play on telehealth. Um, interesting to see that it is trading down significantly today. Um, as it looks like investors no longer able to redeem those shares at the net asset value. And then JIH, you know, Janus International, uh, again, it's been one of the, the better performing uh, SPACs of this year. What do you think? 
Yeah, definitely. He's a pattern that we're going to definitely watch out for. This is J-I-H having a good positive day. I'm actually trying to get into T-S-I-A, guys, and I can tell you that um, just right off the top. This is one that I'm trying to get into right now. I do see a big bidder at that 1050. He has he has a, an order out there about 200,000 shares just sitting there at 1050. So I'm trying to see if that if he's going to get kind of attacked a little bit by this market maker here, maybe it comes down to 1050, 1048, and then right back up through the 1060s. 1060s is kind of that, that line in the sand for me. When the bulls take control, I think it's going to be past that 1060 level. And I'm watching to see if this pattern kind of changes. This is one that's going to come into the merger vote. So I'm willing to take a swing and stay tight on the risk side. So that's what I'm going to be looking for, Chris. I know there's a couple more definitely for the month of June. So let's quickly roll through those and then we'll get right into our interview. Yeah, perfect. So then heading into next week, we have on June 7th, FSRV voting on their merger with Catapult. We have on June 9th, Kappa, C-A-P-A, voting on their merger with Quantum Psi. On the 10th, we have VGAC voting on their merger with 23andMe. And on the 10th, we have CCX voting on their merger with Skillsoft. Also on the 10th, we have SSPK voting on their merger with Weedmap. So three vote dates set on June 10th. And on June 11th, we have ACTC voting on their merger with Proterra. And then the rest of the month, we have June 15th, FAIA voting on their merger with ATI Physical Therapy. On June 16th, we have CRSA voting on their merger with LiveVox. On June 17th, we have ACAC voting on their merger with Play Studios. We also have HEC on June 17th voting on their merger with Talkspace. And on June 22nd, we have TBA voting on their merger with IronSource. And on June 22nd, we have FTIV voting on that merger with Perella Weinberg. On June 23rd, we have AACQ voting on their merger with Origin Materials. On June 24th, we have FRX voting on their merger with Beachbody and Mix Fitness. And on June 29th, we have CLII voting on their merger with EVGO. So as I said, Mitch, I mean, you you can see it here. The the calendar for June is, is filling up, right? We had this huge backlog, right, of these SPAC deals that needed to get done and then there was some concern with SEC regulation on how warrants would be classified. And this is the result you get now is that we're going to see on average a, a vote a day for the month of June. And some of those days, you know, three or four votes. So an exciting month and definitely we'll be able to track some patterns. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, definitely something that we need to keep on watch. I'm looking at the watch list right now, guys. I'm seeing a couple stocks up. We already mentioned TPGY, CCIV showing up there. That's one that I'll put on the radar right now, Chris. I'm going to be watching to look for the merger vote announcement. I think that is so vital for CCIV. I think that that's when you're going to see this monster come back roaring. So definitely keep your eyes out on that one. Uh, some D SPACs that are making moves right now. Arrival, uh, B Fly looking good too. Um, Ride actually up about 2%. So they'll keep an eye on those. Um, some movers that I did see this morning that was up a significant amount, but now has pulled back. Uh, JWS is one that I wanted to mention. So definitely keep your eyes on that one. I'm not sure exactly why I got a good pop this morning, but it was looking great this morning up there in pre-market up to 15, now back down towards 1450. So keep your eyes on that one. That's JWS. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and let's do everybody's favorite time when we start unlocking some SPACs and we can get into our interview of the day. When we were, when we get after the interview, guys, we'll go ahead and recap and then look at some of the big movers of the day. How can we approach these? Where can we look at some levels? And I'll be letting you guys know if I do get into TSIA. All right, guys, let's go ahead and, and take us to that unlocking of the SPACs, Chris. Yeah, perfect. You know, another exclusive interview here on SPACs Attack. So joining us on the show today, we have a company that went public via SPAC last year. So joining us, we have Luis uh, Campos. He is the executive chairman. And we have uh, Andres Campos, the CEO of Betterware de Mexico. The ticker is BWMX. And as I said, company went public via SPAC merger in 2020. Welcome, gentlemen, to SPACs Attack. 
Thank you, uh, Chris. Thank you, uh, Mitch. Uh, here we are. Thank you for uh, uh, ha having us at the, with you. Of course. Definitely. Super excited to have you guys on. I'm going to let Chris ask some questions, and then I'll be back with some of my own. You guys have fun, Andres and Lewis. All right. Perfect, guys. So I'm uh, going to try to ask you guys both questions, but feel free to jump in you, you know, wherever you see fit. So I'm wondering if first... Um, with our audience here, if you can give us some background on both of your uh, experiences in the industry. Uh, yes, uh, Chris, I, I basically have been in uh, consumer products for all my uh, lifetime. And uh, in the last uh, 27 to 28 years, I've been involved in uh, direct-to-consumer uh, business. Uh, before, uh, well, I, I got into uh, uh, direct-to-consumer business uh, working for Sara Lee, uh, the direct-to-consumer division of Sara Lee in Mexico as president of the company here. Uh, before that, I had uh, some uh, uh, time with uh, Hasbro uh, a few years as uh, president of uh, Hasbro in Mexico. And uh, in year uh, 2001, I bought uh, out the division of uh, Betterware, uh, the Mexico and Latin America division uh, from, the, from Betterware UK. Uh, and since then, we have been uh, uh, developing this business. Uh, right before this uh, acquisition in 2001, I was the president for the Americas uh, for uh, Topperware. Uh, based in uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, then uh, this is basically my my experience in uh, in uh, consumer products business, uh, both uh, the distribution channels, uh, retail, and now direct to consumer. Well, probably in the meantime, uh, I can tell you a little bit about. Uh, let me let me try here. Can you hear me now? Yep, we're hearing yeah, you. We can, we're hearing we can you now. That. Yep. Okay, perfect. <clears throat> so, so, I was uh, before I was in the financial industry uh, for uh, many years, and then I went to study my MBA at Cornell University. Uh, after that, I joined the Better Word team uh, in uh, 2012, late late of 2012. I um, uh, spearheaded all the commercial. Um, aspect of the business since 2012 to 2018. Uh, and then in 2018, uh, I, I became CEO of the company uh, and have been CEO since then. So I've been uh, really on the, in, the, in the industry for uh, almost 10 years now, um, specifically in Betterware, uh, spearheading uh, all the commercial aspect and now uh, being the CEO since a couple of years ago. Perfect. And, you know, it, it was, you know, back in 2020, but one of the questions we'd like to ask companies going public via SPAC is, of course, you know, why the decision to, to go public via SPAC, you know, and, and was a traditional IPO a consideration? So not sure which one of you wants to jump in on this, but. Yeah, sure, uh, uh, Chris. Uh, we chose uh, the SPAC process because, uh it is an uh, innovative and efficient route to become a public company and gain access uh, to growth capital. And it provides, uh, in our opinion, more transparency than an IPO. Uh, when we went public on March 13 last year, a Better World of Mexico became the first Mexican company to get listed directly in uh, NASDAQ a stock market. Uh, there is a lot of noise out there about the SPACs, but it all comes down, in our opinion, to the strength of the business. Our business has shown consistent growth over the past 20 years, as well as in the most recent quarter. You remember last year we grew triple digit our sales and EBITDA, as well as in the first quarter of this year. Uh, we also have multiple work, uh, growth vectors that will enable us to further scale in the future. 
then, as I said before, I think uh, th this is all about uh, the strength of, of the business that merge with the, with the SPAC. Perfect. So, uh, Andres, can you give us more background on Betterware de Mexico? Um, you know, what sectors does the company, uh, you know, operate in and what should uh, potential investors know about the company? Yeah, sure, Chris. So, uh, you know, Betterware de Mexico is a direct, the leading direct-to-consumer company in Mexico. Uh, we focus on innovative products to solve specific uh, needs for the home. You know, we offer products and solutions uh, for every corner of the home, from the kitchen to the bedroom, uh, bathroom and laundry room. Um, you know, we are really the category builders and the category leaders of uh, home solutions in Mexico. Um, within this uh, category where we are, we are the leaders, we are, you know, a very innovative company. We launch more than 300 new products per year. Um, you know, and all of our products are designed in-house and then manufactured with uh, OEMs, both in uh, China and Mexico. Um, and all, all, obviously all of the products uh, with the Better World brand. Um, so, you know, that's on the on the product side. Now, on the way we sell our channel, uh, we have really been disrupting the direct-to-consumer or the traditional direct-to-consumer business model throughout the years. Uh, we have two-tier distribution model where we have, in the first hand, we have distributors. And these distributors are small entrepreneurs who go out there and uh, form groups of associates. The associates, which is the second tier, are the ones who promote the catalog uh, from house to house and sell to the final consumer. Um, it is a very disruptive model. We have introduced a lot of technology, a lot of business intelligence into the model, and uh, this has helped us to thrive uh, throughout the years. Perfect. So one of the things I saw recently was that Betterware de Mexico did their largest marketing campaign in the month of January. And this included, you know, billboards, TV, radio, bus stops, you know, uh, lots of avenues. Can you guys talk about um, why the decision to, to launch that now and what have the early results been from that marketing campaign? Uh, maybe start with you, uh, Luis. Yeah, sure, uh, Chris. Uh, well, we decided to go into this uh, a great uh, marketing campaign because since uh, we already have almost uh, 1.3 million uh, associates, uh, more than 65,000 distributors in more than 800 uh, towns and cities in Mexico, we decided that this was the right time in order to get in the top of mind of uh, uh, the uh, people in Mexico. Then uh, what we are seeing are good results. Uh, our objective is to increase the top of mind and the share of mind in uh, among uh, uh, people in Mexico. And the fact is that uh, through this uh, tremendous marketing campaign, we are reaching uh, millions of people in Mexico and most of the households. Uh, this will make it easier for our uh, associates and distributors uh, to uh, reach more households in Mexico. And, uh, and it, this will also help uh, to our new e-commerce platform, okay, that we just launched last December uh, that we have made available to our distributors and uh, associates. Uh, then uh, I will let uh, later, if you agree to... to I will let uh, Andres to, to talk a little bit more about this e-commerce platform that we de developed over the last two years. 
but uh, we are really uh, reaching most of the households in Mexico. And this is the right time considering the number of uh, associates and distributors we have. Perfect. Anything to add there on the, the marketing platform, Andres? Yeah, well, uh, as, as you know, and, and we have spelled out, uh, today we have uh, 20% uh, household penetration in Mexico. So we still have uh, eight of every 10 homes to reach still. Um, and as uh, Luis was saying, you know, this is going to help our associates and distributor be able to reach those households easier because now when they reach the household, that household has betterware on their top of mind. They know what betterware is about. They know about the company and it's easier for them to establish a, a commercial connection. So we think that this, this is going to help uh, to drive that penetration uh, at a faster pace. Perfect. So, you know, we see the 20% household penetration. Um, is there a goal in mind that Betterware de Mexico has, um, you know, maybe for this year and going forward of, you know, how many houses can, can this company have products in? <clears throat> yes, uh, uh, Chris. Well, uh, our goal is to uh, reach uh, 40% uh, household penetration uh, over the next uh, five years. And uh, we feel confident about that and that because uh, we have a clear roadmap uh, that allow us uh, to uh, uh, penetrate uh, the households in a very disciplined way. Uh, then uh, we have a roadmap for uh, every, every quarter, every year. And uh, this means that if we are reaching now between five and six million uh, households, we plan to reach uh, 10 to 12 million households uh, by uh, in five, five years from now. Perfect. So one of the things I want to dive into here is a recent acquisition made. So Betterware de Mexico acquired 60% of Guru.com, which adds home solution uh, business now to the portfolio. So why the acquisition and how can Betterware grow that business going forward? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we, we acquired uh, that 60% of Guru.com. Guru.com is uh, two things. One, they are an MVNO business. And the second thing is that they're a technology uh, software development business. Um, in the in the in the first stage, with I, which I think is the most important at the moment, is that we will offer uh, mobile and internet solutions to our associates and distributors. You know, we focus a lot on bringing benefits to our distributors and associates so that they. Um, have all these different benefits by uh, selling betterware. And one of the benefits will be having uh, mobile and internet solutions uh, at a very um, uh, cost-effective way and, 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 and with very good costs. From there, going forward, we plan to expand um, uh, our home solutions today to home technology solutions. I think it's too early to go deep into that um, uh, because we are building, uh, we are in the process of building all the portfolio and planning exactly when to launch. But that will come at a second stage, uh, selling these technology solutions to final consumers. Perfect. And then one of the questions, which I'm already starting to see in the chat as well from our viewers, uh, want to dive a little into international expansion. Um, so obviously, Betterware de Mexico, uh, you know, operates in Mexico, but there has been some entry into uh, nearby countries like Guatemala, um, where it showed that the business is scalable. And then in a presentation, we also had countries like Panama, Costa Rica, Colombia, and Peru listed as possible entries. Any update on international expansion and what Betterware de Mexico could do in the future there? Sure. Uh, as you know, we saw strong results with our pilot test in Guatemala. Uh, 
which uh, demonstrates uh, that the company's ability to successfully expand its geographical reach beyond by replicating our model in other countries. Uh, as you know, Guatemala is a very small country. Uh, the numbers are probably not relevant uh, to our business now, but the important thing is that we already proved that we can replicate our business model uh, in a culturally similar uh, country. And uh, the next step, of course, uh, Guatemala will keep growing, uh, but uh, our next step will be to begin exploring uh, the possibility of, ent of entering uh, Colombia and Peru. Colombia and Peru, as of today, represent approximately 60% of the Mexican uh, consumer uh, products market. Then it's interesting. Uh, 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 culturally, they are very similar to Mexico. And uh, we will begin working on uh, finding the right way to enter these two countries over the next two years. Perfect. And then, you know, uh, you had mentioned we, we saw strong results in 2020. Um, you know, the company has seen compounded annual growth of 62% from 2016 to 2020, um, currently guiding for revenue up 46% this year. Um, you know, any update on how 2021 is, is shaping up and what the key items are that investors should be watching for this fiscal year? Yes, sure. Uh, as you know, we had a, a very strong first quarter of this year, uh, still triple digit growth in sales and EBITDA. Uh, and uh, as compared to 2020, uh, we have uh, a much stronger uh, sales force. Uh, as we have told to the investors, uh, we do not expect to keep growing at the triple digit uh, uh, pace. However, we expect to grow at a strong uh, double digit uh, uh, pace this year. Uh, as we told the investors, uh, we expect to grow at double digit more strongly in the second quarter and then in the third and fourth quarter, also double digit, uh, and end up the year uh, within the high end of the guidance we have uh, uh, given to the to the market, uh, which means around 50% uh, growth for the year, uh, both in uh, sales and, uh, and EBITDA. Uh, if you consider that we grew uh, last year, like uh, 135% and more than that in sales and more than that in EBITDA, uh, I think this will be a wonderful year uh, getting uh, to this strong double-digit growth. Perfect. And then another question I'm also seeing in the chat here, uh, want to bring up, so Betterware de Mexico pays a, a quarterly dividend um, that's not something we have seen a lot with companies that have gone public via SPAC. So why the decision, um, you know, for Betterware de Mexico to pay a dividend? And, and what is the plan going forward uh, in terms of growing the dividend, if any? Yeah, we, we, we have been paying dividends for, uh, uh, for many years. And uh, even being a private company, and we uh, want to continue with this uh, with this policy on behalf of our uh, shareholders. And uh, our plan is to to maintain a growing dividend uh, uh, from now on. For this year, uh, we are going to pay. Uh, uh, we already paid 700 million pesos. We will pay another 700 million pesos uh, the next two quarters, and uh, we plan to continue with this uh, growing uh, dividend policy in the in the future. 
All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the new e-commerce platform that came out on December 8th, uh, 10 days before my birthday. But <laughs> but I, I did see there, you know, I want to uh, get a little explanation for those that don't know about the e-commerce platform. How is this going to help attract new customers and build the business? Hey, I guess um, Andres will take it. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it from there, Mitch. Um, you know, uh, we, we um, I think the e-commerce platform, you know, we, we are focused on penetrating uh, more Mexican households. So what we are looking for is for this e-commerce platform to help us reach those households uh, faster, right? So there are some households who don't know an associate or a distributor, but that do hear from BetterWare and, and, and they want to buy the products. With this uh, new e-commerce platform, they, they are able to buy the products online uh, just as any e other e-commerce platform. But the difference is that we deliver the product through our distributors and associates. Um, so you have someone from the company, uh, you know, delivering that product. Um, and this brings many, uh, uh, many important aspects into the e-commerce platform. Uh, first of all, you know, we can deliver with very low um, last mile distribution costs, uh, almost no distribution costs. Um, on the second hand, we are able to deliver uh, with cash payment uh, to, uh, on, on delivery. You know, cash payment is a big thing in Mexico today. Um, and this, this is something that we can do and that other e-commerce platforms cannot do. Uh, and then at the, in, the, in, the, in the end, uh, as, a co as a consumer, you have, uh, you know, the service from the distributor or, or, or the associate, the post-sale service um, uh, that they can, you know, give you that service with whichever issue you have with the product. So, you know, it's a very special uh, e-commerce platform. Um, it's, uh, you know, too early. We just launched it in, 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 in December. But we think that it's going to help to drive this penetration. Uh, also, you know, associates and distributors, they make their own marketing uh, online and on the streets and everything. And they can uh, share a personal link on their own marketing. So if they reach a new consumer and that consumer buys through that link, uh, that uh, sale will link to them and they will uh, get all the benefits and deliver to that consumer. So it's, you know, uh, we're kind of um, uh, making, uh, uh, putting in together the e-commerce and our own platform, our own distribution model uh, to penetrate the, the, the market faster. Definitely. It seems it gets you closer also to the distributors. So getting you uh, closer access to the products, um, definitely seeing that you guys are using the data. I think this is kind of more of that long-term project that you guys are going to be definitely analyzing that data over time to see if this is really where you guys want to continue uh, kind of leading into. Now, one of the areas that I did see you guys start stepping into is home renovations. And so we can talk a little bit about that area and what kind of products should we be kind of looking out for in home renovation? It does, it does show here that it approximately could be about seven to eight percent of the net sales from each category. So a good revenue driver. But what, what kind of products can we expect here? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in, in home renovation, we are focusing mainly on improving the aesthetics of the home uh, for the Mexican household. Um, the, the consumers that we reach are mid to mid low income consumers. Uh, and they normally don't have the money to buy the real thing. You know, they don't have the money to renovate their walls or their lighting or uh, their floors. So what we give them is, um, you know, very economic solutions with which they can uh, improve the, the aesthetics. So you can um, look at products that can renovate the wall. So instead of uh, putting a, a wall of stone, you can just put the, the wallpaper that we sell and, and, and it looks like a, like a wall of stone. No? So that's the type of product 
uh, that, that, that we are selling. And it's really uh, coming in very well since we started, since we launched this, this category. And uh, we, we think it's going to keep um, uh, helping to drive up uh, the demand in the, in the category. All right. So I got two questions there. You know, one of the things that I'm definitely going to uh, I'm going to look at is so it looks like we're trying to be the Ikea of Mexico here. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a look to see at these products. And I think I understand how that could be, Andres, you know, uh, middle, lower caste trying to have their home looking great at the same time, not going for that full uh, kind of high-end material but at least getting the look that they are trying to achieve so who knows maybe maybe the ikea of mexico so we'll, we'll keep taking a look now one of the questions and then the last one i have is do you guys use any influencers in your marketing are you guys looking at that maybe um looking at maybe some TikTok influencers or social media to help drive the company uh, do you know anything about that andres yeah, uh, so we are, uh, you know, doing big steps in the in the digital and social media uh, mm -hmm. aspect. Uh, I want to point out, you know, that we have um, 1.2 million associates uh, and more than 60,000 distributors out there, and they are micro influencers in their own uh, in their own social uh, networks. Uh, but at the same time, we are reinforcing and we, we are working with uh, the most relevant home economists in, in, in Mexico um, to influence on that category of uh, home organization, which is a category that is also growing. Uh, and we are starting to work with people in the kitchen aspects, uh, in the home renovation aspects uh, that can help us uh, to position the brand um and to and to drive more consumers as well perfect so before we let you guys go we do have some questions here from our viewers um you know watching the the show live of course so up first from ncal we have what would be a u.s equivalent to this company you know asking about tupperware amway amazon you heard mitch say ikea you know, it might be hard to really uh, narrow down one company, but what do you guys consider yourselves the, the equivalent of? We think that there is not, not a company that is exactly like us. Uh, there is no similar company exactly like us. But there are some companies that uh, play within some of the categories that we have. Uh, you can think about the container store. They uh, sell, you know, home organization uh, although they are a retailer, they're not a product brand necessarily. And you have to understand that we are a product brand. Uh, we also commercial, I mean, we go directly to the consumer, but we are a product brand. Uh, you have others, maybe, uh, you know, in uh, Home Depot, you can find some products for the organization or, or for the home renovation. Um, so, or, 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 or IKEA in the home renovation, although they're more focused on uh, on um, furniture, um, but you know uh, there are some companies, as I'm saying, that have some of the aspects that we have, but we don't think there's anybody that has the whole uh, home solution realm of products. And obviously, also uh, there is no brand uh, as the product brand that has all this realm of of, of products. Perfect. And then an, another question here from, from Chris uh, asking if uh, the company would expand the home renovation side of the business to the U.S. So, uh, you know, with the new e-commerce platform and some of these new uh, areas, is, is there any talk of, you know, making the products widely available uh, here in the U.S.? Uh, we are, uh, Chris, we are somehow uh, uh, evaluating uh, or uh, making some research uh, in the U.S. market. We have not made any decision. I think this is something we should be talking about uh, in the months to come uh, because uh, as if we talk about our business model, I mean, we are a hybrid of personal contract, contact and digital contact. Uh, the good thing is that we bring to your uh, home, 
the products, uh, branded products, uh, high quality, uh, very attractive price. And uh, we always have the right solution uh, for your home, okay? For every single corner at home. Then this is uh, something we will be uh, talking about uh, all in the months to come and uh, evaluating the possibilities. Perfect. And then the last question we have, uh, I believe this one is aimed at you, uh, uh, Lewis, again, um, talking about uh, DDMX. So there is another SPAC out there also targeting, uh, you know, a Mexican company. Um, I believe you're involved with this SPAC. Can you just comment mm -hmm. on, you know, what this uh, new SPAC is searching for in a potential target? Yeah, I was invited as a member of the board. Uh, I cannot tell about this. Uh, I have to uh, respect the, the, the promoter of this, who is uh, also DV3, Martin Werner, uh, who is the one who uh, 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 convinced us uh, to, to go into this SPAC. Then uh, I would let him to talk about that. And uh, I know he will be talking about that in the, in the weeks and months to come. Perfect. Well, we want to thank both of you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on SPACs Attack. So again, guys, uh, Luis Campos, the executive chairman, and Andres Campos, the CEO of Betterware de Mexico. That ticker is BWMX, and the company went public via SPAC merger in 2020. Thank you both so much, gentlemen, for joining us on the show. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great Thank day. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right. There you go. It's had it. a brand new spec there for you guys that we got after. And, I, and there's one thing that we do here is we go to all the ones we don't uh, look at others and, and, and try to find maybe higher name, lower name. We're trying to get you guys the most SPACs that we can get to. I think Chris and I have done over 50 SPAC interviews now. And one of the things that I can tell you guys is that it's all about getting that information, right? And starting to look into kind of the future of how this company is going to develop. We've talked about these. At the end of the day, SPACs are more of an investment tool than a trading tool. So you need to look at these companies in a long-term out, uh, outlook. And as you can see, the growth in this company has been massive in the last couple of years. So you can see why they went and got it out to the public market. Yeah, Mitch, if you want to pull up a, a chart here for BWMX, the, the one year, you know, this thing has been massive, right? It, it's over $40. Uh, the thing that I saw in my notes was this was actually the the best performing SPAC in 2020. Uh, you know, if you take the the uh, merger vote date and, and the performance year to date after that, so a strong performer. You know, the the thing that stood out for me, right? You can call this the the IKEA of Mexico. You can call this the Tupperware of Mexico, the Container Store of Mexico. Um, people mentioning, you know, Amway and some of the direct to uh, consumer uh, brands as well with, with the, the two tier system. So I really like, you know, the different product categories that they're in. And then also, you know, kind of just being their, their own thing. And, and then that international expansion and Mitch also, you know, one thing that I saw in the chat, right. Was talk about a dividend. So we were able to talk about that. And I only know of three former SPACs that pay dividends. So here you have, you know, a, a company, that went public via SPAC paying around a 4% dividend yield right now. So rewarding uh, shareholders along the way, you know, by, by paying back some of those profits in dividends. So what do you think of this chart though, Mitch? Yeah, you know, one thing I'd point out is this one's had a couple of drives, right? And so one of the things that I'd look at is when I can't see it clearly, I go back and back, further back. So on the one weekly, um, you know, we can start paying attention to see the different levels. So we've had a drive up here towards the 38 off that 27th uh, in July spike. Then we had another spike here in the 9th of November. Then we really started getting above those levels and holding because we got, went up here towards this 45 and then held that 
as a new support now. And so a lot of times that's what I look for, guys, that that prior resistance to become a support. And as you can see, the stock went up above it and then respected that as a new support. And so that's your line in the sand now, this kind of 3780 level, or maybe you could hold towards just a 37 uh, whole dollar there. And now we're starting to get this curl effect and push back up. Now, one of the things that I did see is that when we did get this pullback on the pushback up, you see how you got these volume spike days. This could have been someone buying off support and then adding into the move, into the breakout, as you can see the spike on the volume. So it's someone grabbing it off support and then looking to see if it could continue and then adding to their move as they start seeing the push above that level, getting to new highs. So now that we got in that retrace, and look how, how this is kind of a similar retrace. One, two, three, four days of retrace, right? We got very similar look right now. Four days of retrace. Let's see if it can hold this kind of low that we had on Friday. The low is 42.18. And if I could see that holding, I could I would look for strong volume through the 44s to show that look that it maybe wants to come back up and test up here 49, maybe get to the $50 price point. But this is an interesting stock, has a great, uh, trend chart. A lot of times what I look for guys is a stock that's continuing the trend, right? And so if you can see this stock, it kind of continuing this trend, as long as it can continue holding and keep going on this sideways uh, kind of linear pattern, uh, that's what you want to see. When it cracks down, it's going to give you an opportunity to come back in. I mean, no stock always goes straight up. So I would definitely be paying attention to see if it does crack this low, you know, you could come back down towards, let's say, 28 and 30s. But if we continue this trend and this sideways up look, we can continue moving on up, looking through those 50s. So that's my kind of technical outlook on this one and definitely one to keep on watch. I mean, if there's one that can show you that not all SPACs are the same. This is a clear example that not all SPACs are the same, guys. Look into the revenues. Look, is this pre-revenue? Is this a company that's coming out with products right now and making revenue? As you guys heard, over 300 products there. I mean, it, it's definitely a, a company that is not just a brand new kind of dream kind of company. It's a company that's actually working right now to continue their growth. And as you can see, they've been growing significantly in the last couple of years. I think that's something to keep your eyes on. I think this is a company that, yes, it's a little bit high to just jump into right now at these levels. But if you've already got it, I mean, I would hang on tight. But if not, look for some pullbacks because we could get some pullbacks to get an opportunity to jump back into better wear. Yeah, and I would say, you know, one of the the pair trades here, right, since this was the first, uh, you know, Mexican company to go public via SPAC would be to take a look at DDMX, the, the SPAC also targeting the Mexican market trading at 991 um, today. You know, maybe the, the Mexican companies just are not valued high enough. And that was the issue here with Betterware is maybe the valuation was way too low. And once this thing hit hit the public markets, people saw the revenue, they saw the EBITDA, they, they saw the growth, they saw the dividend and shares, you know, just slowly, you know, rose up. So Mitch, I'm seeing lots of talk about CCIV. So CCIV, it looks like up about 7% today. Um, you know, this is one where I, I it shouldn't be too big of a surprise because the news over the weekend was that uh, Rivian, oh, up 9% now, uh, Rivian going public at a $70 billion valuation. And Lucid, you know, it, it's come down fr from those pre-deal uh, announcement highs. So now I think it's valued around $30 billion. So the comparison's going to be there, right? Because Rivian and Lucid, both similar. They, they don't have products on the road yet, but they are highly anticipated EV companies. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a makeup trade here in CCIB in terms of valuation. And then it depends on, as Mitch said, when does CCIV announce their merger vote date? That's a major catalyst that FinTwit is, is going to circulate um, you know, quite frequently. And then also when Rivian actually prices their IPO, when they hit the public market, those are more catalysts going forward too. So what do you think here, Mitch, CCIV getting that lift today? Yeah, I, I mean, I think to personally, I think that Rivian news was actually kind of bad for this company or bad for EVs in general, because that's one of the most sought after companies 
um, not only for SPACs, but uh, if they do go IPO and they just go by their name, uh, another company that is just watched like a hawk. I mean, they have a truck, they have uh, multiple uh, abilities. And one of the things that, of course, they've had the backing of Amazon behind them for a long time. I think that's a company that's definitely on radar. And I think this is personally, I, I don't see this as as the spike that's going to continue the move. Um, if we saw we we had this spike right on the 26th of April and that had 55 million shares traded. But right now you're only trading 8.9, 8.9 million shares trading. If that big amount of volume couldn't push it through the 24, I don't think this volume that you're seeing right now is going to push it through that 24. Um, there's too many people calling out this stock. And really what it is, is that they're calling out this stock because they're bag holders in this stock, guys. Um, there's too many guys, gurus out there that are just saying that this is sideways consolidating because guess what? They're probably stuck up there at 28 and they're just like, can it come up to my number? I just want to sell into my move. <laughs> But or yeah, they're guys. or they're stuck even higher. I mean, you yeah. you said no, no. There's some guys. Twenty eight. You might be a little conservative I'll there. I'll be nice but there. You, you know the the good thing about CCIV, right? Is Mitch called this one out at ten dollars, or maybe $10. even less than ten dollars. That's when you should have got in. We, we talked on the show as soon as the Lucid deal was announced. Shares were like thirteen, or not even announced when it was rumored. Shares mm-hmm. were thirteen dollars, fourteen dollars. That's when I was buying. Uh, you know, my, my cost basis is below $13 on these shares. And I, and I sold some and I still own some. I mean, a $13 cost average versus, you know, up in the 20s makes a world of difference, um, you know, to not be chasing this thing. Mitch, the other one would be SoFi today, S-O-F-I. It, it looks like we're over $21 still. So, you know, we, we called this one out a couple weeks ago that this one could perform well into the vote. Um, you know, when it was around $15, $16 a share. Mitch, when you were gone and I had Spencer on the show, Spencer has liked SoFi for a long time. He wants to see them get that bank charter. And he said he wanted to see this thing, you know, trade over $20 after the merger vote date. And here we have $21 today. What do you think? That's exactly what I wanted to see. You know, one of the things that I wanted to see was a clear uptrend towards the open. Boom, you got it. And then a lot of times what's going to happen is it's going to try to uh, knock those traders out, right? And so that's why the price comes back down all the way to farther support. If you look at the 15, you'll probably see that support just stand out. You see right here, the pre-market support. It went right back to it. It kind of goes up there just to wash those traders out. And then once it washes those traders out, you can see it's kind of been slowly stair-stepping up. And when the last move, it got up here towards 21 99 it actually traded a lot of volume on that 15 minutes it was 676,000 shares so one of the things that i'd want to see is if we could come back closer towards let's say 2140s 2150s and then scoop right back up through those 2180s that could look strong as you'd go for a third resistance try at that 22 and from that point you could get that breakout through the 22 these are ones that i'm definitely keeping on watch because oh and, and wouldn't you know it uh I'm kicking myself because I wanted TSIA and I didn't pay attention to it in the interview. (laughs) And now is it going up? And now it's going up. Yeah. So guys, it's noon. We're going to have to pause that conversation. But tomorrow, let's do more on that June calendar. But guys, you're starting to see that that these SPACs going into the merger Mm -hmm. vote, the majority of them are going higher either right during the vote or shortly after So now would be a good time to reassess some of those SPACs that have mergers in June. And then also I'm going to work on a list of companies that have announced their deals and haven't announced a vote date because those could be the ones to play, as Mitch said, with CCIV, right? That vote date being a catalyst. So let's take a look at that on another show. So guys, tomorrow on the show, we have the CEO of OpFi. Company is going public with FGNA. And then we will not be doing shows on Thursday or Friday because we have our global cannabis conference where you're going to hear from CEOs of the top cannabis companies out there. I mean, we're talking Sundial, Clever Leaves, Canopy Growth, Tilray. I mean, Mitch, if you want to hear more about cannabis companies, 
Benzinga's got you covered Thursday and Friday. So I'm excited to be a a spectator and just sit back and, and watch those interviews, you know, as opposed to my normal day of interviewing companies. So super exciting week ahead. All right. And the last thing I'll leave you guys off with before we got on out of here, um, we do got some great uh interviews coming up on power hour but definitely guys check out the gleam contest this is our 100k giveaway you guys want to go ahead and get a free share of tesla tesla's looking good right now. yes please uh tesla's starting to look good right now i have a feeling that it's going to start breaking out and getting through that 700 if not it's all about this 600 price point but i think i mean hey you get this stock in the next week or two you could be looking for a potential 30 percent move in the next couple of months so definitely guys go ahead and get that gleam it's in the chat there you go guys click that link it'll get you right to the 100k subscriber and then we can go ahead and all you got to do is just fill it out there's multiple ways of winning and if you guys want i, I give you a little bit uh, extra slime raz is that secret code guys slime raz is the secret code there to get you guys some more entries and a chance to get that tesla i'm telling you guys you get you guys there's someone that's going to win that share and they're going to be definitely happy that morning so don't miss out don't be that guy that wakes up that day and, and is like man i should have just at least took an attempt on that giveaway dude could have been a share of tesla don't be that guy we'll see you guys next time guys definitely stay tuned power hour coming up next we'll see you guys later check out benzinga pro 997 for the first month with code 30 days booyah see you guys tomorrow see ya